This podcast is presented by the Bet Parks online casino and sportsbook app. New customers download now and get up to $1,000 in casino bonus back if you're not a winner in your first 24 hours. See BetParks.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 in PA, New Jersey, Maryland, Michigan, or Ohio. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult to Today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation semi annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal too. Schedule a no obligation in home estimate now. Call 866 Nation or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is is the Go Birds Podcast. The Go Birds podcast presented by Parks Sportsbook and Casino. And uh, it was a bit of a rainy day out there today. Not maybe the uh, the best on training camp. We're going to get into what uh, what Elliot saw, though, on day two as well and a lot of that stuff. But uh, what's up, buddy? How you doing? Well, my brother moved into his college dorm today. Wow. What a crazy wow. thing. What a crazy yeah. thing. It was weird being on Temple's campus, which, of course, as you know, Temple made. That's where we went. You're damn like, right. It's interesting to view college through an adult's eyes. Like now that I'm 32, I think, 32, 33, like I, it's funny when you, you go back and look at campus, like college is literally just a, a playground for like it's an amusement park for these kids. Like, like he's got a Chipotle on the bottom of his dorm. Like the Temple campus is ridiculous now. So on one hand, it was definitely like sad to watch him move in. I mean, I was in eighth grade when he was born. But then on the other hand, I'm like looking around. I'm like, this dude is going to have an amazing time. Like college was the best. And just seeing it, it's just, it's very different than I remember it. Yeah, no, it's gotten a lot nicer down there. They've done a lot of amazing stuff. When did you go? Like, Yeah, well, then I went to grad school there. So it was nicer then. But when I went in, in 2000 to 2004, it was definitely very, very, very different than it is now and uh yeah it's crazy crazy time to be going to college too obviously apparently they have a whole dorm dedicated to people that might catch covid so that's got to be depressing to walk by yeah i think it's going to be a little bit of a different experience for freshmen this year but um you know obviously hopefully just stay safe stay healthy and whatever Uh, that's crazy Yeah. Well, yeah, have some fun too, <laughs> but be smart about it. Um, all right, let, let's get into it. Uh, we'll get into train cam in a sec, but like literally like five minutes before we're supposed yeah. to record, uh, Mike Lombardi, uh, uh, dropping a bomb of sorts, not at a, you know, uh, a deal is done bomb, but, but, uh, Lombardi tweeting out, according to NFL sources, Jacksonville is extremely close to trading Yannick and Gakway today or tomorrow. Have a firm offer in place. Hearing a two looks like this holdout will be over soon and Jacksonville will get more picks for their tanking. Lovely throws the tanking in there. Uh, look, you, <laughs> we, we, we have talked many times about Yannick and Gakwe on this podcast. We uh, at, at times maybe have even thought something was actually going to happen. Now it seems like Yannick is going to get traded. Um, what? Do you think, and and obviously, you know, your your report as well, but also have, you know, know the situation with the Reading cap. The leaves. Yeah, like, what is your opinion on okay. the chances that this is a Philadelphia Eagles that this team is is the deal? Well, I've always said that if the Eagles make a big move, that it's going to be for Yannick. That's just what I thought. I didn't think they would go in on Jamal Adams. Uh, we all know they kind of passed on DeAndre Hopkins, Yannick. Like, that's the guy they want. He's an elite player at a key position, a position they really need help at. I mean, even if we talked about this a month ago, we would say Derek Barnett's a question mark. Derek Barnett's not going to take part in training camp. I think Derek Barnett is a huge question mark going into this year and is also 
basically entering the last year of his deal. Cause I don't believe he'll play on the fifth year option. I think at the end of this year, they'll either move on from him or they'll give him a new deal. So Derek Barnett's kind of on the last year of his deal in a way. Yannick Ngakwe is a player that absolutely the Eagles should ha do have a ton of interest and should have a ton of interest in. I mean, he's an elite level defensive end. The only, the only question is the contract. Now, when it passed that it went, when it passed about, I guess it was a month ago that, um, or not a month ago. Yeah, I guess. Wow. It's already mid August. Time flies about a month ago when, um, the franchise deadline passed, that meant he, that meant he had to play on $17.8 million this year. That's a lot of money. I mean, that's, Eagles have $24 million in cap space. It's like 75, 80% of their cap space. And we've talked at length about the cap problems they're having in 2021. So look, I'd be surprised if they did it because of the money, but I mean, I would understand it. Like let the salary cap fit, figure itself out. You can add a player like Yannick. I think it's almost a borderline no brainer. Yeah. Look, if it really is a two and, and who knows, if it's more than that or whatever, but if, if the core piece of this trade is a two, figure it out, you know, <laughs> figure out what you have to do to make the money work. Cause this team, like Yannick is literally the guy this team needs. If you're going to just put, uh, you want a young pass rusher who's proven in the NFL, but still has their best years in front of them. Boom. That yeah. guy, like that's the dude. So I'm with you. It feels like it should be a no-brainer. I I would be incredibly surprised if it's the Eagles that is the team. Just based on what we've seen from this team, uh, based on their cap situation, you know, look, they they haven't made any of these deals. They're never the team that actually makes the deal, whether it's Jamal Adams or Jalen Ramsey last year or this or that or whatever. It's you know, we talk about how he being a guy who goes and gets guys and trades. He doesn't really like not the big time guys. So. I mean, I don't know. I, I would be surprised. What What do you think the odds are at Seagulls if you have right. to? Well, let me ask you. Leaves. Let me ask you two questions. Ready? First, one to ten. Ten being you are positive they are going to get him. One being you do not think it's going to happen. Where would you be one to ten? A two. Okay. I would be at like a three and a half. Okay, so more optimistic than me. Yeah, because I just think they're that's the guy they want. Like, that's the guy they want. He fills so many needs for them. So I would be right around there. Now, would you do it? Give up a second-round pick. Yes. Even with the cap. Yeah, I would. Again, I, I just – I look at this team, and in the key most important positions, I would say that the two biggest question marks I have long-term are who the hell is going to rush the passer – and is Andre Dillard any good? Mm -hmm. And you can fix one of those two by going and get Yannick Ngakwe. And any type, look, I would love for them to be able to draft a guy who can get to the passer and have him on a rookie contract and then sign him to the type of deal that Yannick's going to get. That's obviously an ideal situation, but hey, not the world I'm living in, right? I mean, right. they haven't done it. They haven't done it. There's no one young on this team. Barnett, you hope would be that guy. It looks like he's not. I mean, Still young, who knows? But it looks like he's not. So in this case, when you can get a guy like Yannick, who's proven he's 24 years old, again, I would I think he's worth the money that he'll get in a contract. And yes, the contract situation isn't great, but he's the type of guy you pay. He's the type of guy they're gonna have to pay somebody eventually at that spot because they don't have young guys. So pay Yannick. Would you try would you rather trade a second and Andre Dillard or a first? <laughs> um man that's a great hypothetical i guess at first uh, you have to hope that andre did but again i don't know like you and i are both you could just slide jason peters over there uh, neither of us are optimistic about andre dillard that's no. that's the problem but i think that if you're the eagles i don't think you can move dillard right now i think you gotta hope that, that he's the guy or believe maybe he's the guy i don't know what what if the jaguars called so you're howie right now the jaguars call and they say look we know you want yannick we've been negotiating all summer we're about to trade him to the dallas cowboys <laughs> oh, shut up you're such a dick what's your final offer <laughs> you are such a dick this is such a dick move <laughs> um uh you would want to say dallas sucks but as being howie dallas right now, does suck dude, dallas yeah. sucks all right um, offer. Oh God. Well, again, like 
I don't know what their offer is. So would I want to beat their offer? I mean, I would like to get him for a second round pick. That sounds really cool. Second and a fourth, second and a fifth. Like, cool. Give me that. We all know Dallas is going to be offering more than that. In this hypothetical, (laughs) like they gave up a first for Amari Cooper. So would you do a first if it meant Dallas wouldn't get him? Uh, yeah, I said I would do it first in the offseason for Yannick. I think I still would, you know, especially I with how he's a record of drafting first. So, yes, I, I would I would do it, but <laughs> you really put my back up against the wall there, Elliot. I know. I mean, nothing would pain you more to look at him in a Cowboys uniform. Oh, it would also be so classic, like the Cowboys get the guy. Of course. Like, That's why we all thought they were going to get Jamal Adams, and this would be that, like, times 10, because I don't think – Many Eagles fans really ever thought Jamal Adams was coming here, but I think a lot of Eagles fans at times over this offseason have thought, oh, wow, Yada could be coming here. Right. Especially when he's friggin' Instagram and all that crap. Now, from a tea leave perspective as well, I mean, the Derek Barnett injury timing is interesting and the Hargrave thing. Like maybe the Eagles now feel all of a sudden, uh, you know, they, they, be, they, they need him more. From the Cowboys' perspective, they lost Gerald McCoy. Gerald McCoy, yeah, that's right. why that when you said that, that, that shook me. Because now, the other team would be the Jets. I mean, you know, they just got all those picks for Jamal Adams. We know Joe Douglas believes in building along the lines. You could kind of flip it at that point of Jamal Adams for Yannick, which I think is a fair trade and one Jets fans would be into. So those would be those would be my three teams. People I think Miami makes a little sense, too. Miami is a team that has some space, gave out some contracts this offseason, beefing yeah. up their defense. I could see Miami making a play for him to have draft capital. So... Well, I think we know one thing. Lombardi's horse is probably not Doug Peterson. (laughs) (laughs) But it could be Jim Schwartz, right? I mean, aren't him and Schwartz like... That's a good point, actually. That's a really good point. I didn't think about it until you just said that Peterson joke, but then I was like, oh, wait a minute. Defensive side of the ball, we know involved Jim Schwartz is in in personnel. Very, very good point. Wow. You know what? I'm up to four. I, think I, I just was going to yeah. say I'm up to three from two. Right I'm up now. to four. Now, the funny thing is by the time people listen to this, he could have already either been traded or not, and we sound like fools. But if they do get him, I think this is the moment where everyone will say, wow, they were right. And by they, <laughs> Again, to be clear, I still don't think he will end up with the Eagles, but – it's exciting, and we'll watch it. And look, we're, we're Elliot and I are ready to record a pod if needed. If he goes to Dallas, though, I'm not recording a pod, and I'm crying, and I'm curling up in a ball. It'll be All a right. sad pod. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll find out what happens with Yannick. Potentially, by the time this podcast, you're listening to it. Who knows? Um, also, let's find out what happened down in Eagles training camp. Uh, last couple of days. Uh, last time we spoke on the pod, it was day one. We got your initial thoughts. Obviously, today, day three, not a lot of action with the rain. But you were down there for day two, last couple days down there. What's kind of stood out to you? So, yeah, we did talk after day one. I mean, to me, the biggest thing that stood out, so day three, like you said, not that much happened. But day two was a big day, I think, for the young wide receivers. Um, they just they really stand out to me. And, again, it's training camp. These guys are going against, you know, like the, there's no real hitting. I mean, there's there's all those things. But I think Quez Watkins looks like a player that could contribute right now. He has good size, wow. good speed. Um, I think he has good chemistry with Carson. They worked out together in Houston. And no receiver in camp has gotten more targets than he has. So Carson's throwing his way a lot. Him and John Hightower, I think, have really shown a lot of promise. Mm-hmm. John Hightower has two tu- uh, one touchdown. That was definitely a touchdown from Carson Wentz. Put through perfectly over his shoulder. I forget who the defensive back was that was in coverage, but it was a great play by Carson, great catch by John Hightower, brought that in for the touchdown. And then he had on day one, we talked about this, but a really nice catch from Jalen Hurts down the sidelines. Probably wouldn't have been a touchdown, would have been a touchdown in a game, but in training camp, they blew it dead like before he was able to run all the way to the end zone. So I, I think he's had the young guys have had a really good start to camp. And it just kind of reinforces what I felt all along, which is. I just want to see the young guys around Carson. I, I don't like, I just don't like the idea of Deshaun and Alshon playing with Carson. I, I just want to see Carson grow with these young guys. I like him throwing to Reger. I like him throwing to Quez Watkins. Uh, Deontay Burnett, a guy that for some reason to me, I thought was like an older veteran guy. He's really young. I think he's only like 22 yeah. or 23. Well, man, I don't know that? why. There's something about he's his at USC a few years ago. Yeah. He's had a really good camp. He has six, six targets, six catches and three touchdowns. So like, I like what I'm seeing from these young guys and that it just, I know that Deshaun is going to play. Alshon will play when he's healthy and yeah, they're better receivers right now 
at least with Deshaun, definitely Alshon, who knows, but I've been impressed. I've been, I've been very impressed by the young guys. Well, that's good. I mean, they need to hit on some of these young guys, whether or not, you know, we see a lot of Deshaun this year. If he stays healthy, I don't think we see a lot of Alshon, but I'm guessing these guys are not here for a long time one way or the other. So, um, I think that's a good thing. Um, they need these guys to be good, especially Rager. And yeah, I think they could. <laughs> yeah, if they could steal one, if if Hightower or Watkins, if one of those two guys is good, I mean that's that's huge. That's the kind of stuff they need. They need to hit on some later round picks, especially at this position, which is so deficient from a youth perspective. Um, again, as you know, I'm not going to overreact to uh, to right. You, you never know, know shells and shorts or whatever it is out there. I guess full pads they were hitting, but. But it, I think, but there's good signs down there. Like they're creating separation. Now, maybe this is bad news for the cornerbacks. There's, you know, there's that that flip side of that. But they're, they're creating separation. Like there's not a lot of drops. I think I have on 78 targets this year. There's only two drops for all the receivers, running backs, and tight ends. So they've done a good job catching the ball. And it just, it, it, is, it is encouraging because. I agree. It is encouraging. I think that's a good way to put it. Especially when you hear a lot of people talk about Rager and the excitement coming out down there about Rager. I mean, you're hearing players say the, that he's got that burst and all that type of stuff. So I, I agree. It's encouraging. Yeah. Then the, the other thing I'll say, like you just mentioned, Rager, I do think it's interesting. And one thing I've noticed over the first two days is he is he is on the field a lot when Deshaun is. Like in the first day you saw that. The second day, uh, Deshaun was resting. But um, and then even on the third day today, uh, when they were just had like bucket, bucket hats on and shorts and we're just kind of walking, Rager was in the huddle with Deshaun a lot. Now, Earlier this offseason, we talked about how we didn't like, because Eagles said it, that he was going to learn Deshaun's position, and that meant he might not be on the field. It doesn't look like that's going to be the case. I think it's going to be him. uh, It's going to be Deshaun, Jalen Reger, and Greg Ward as the top three receivers, and at least until Alshon gets healthy, and I like that. I mean, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, obviously very disappointing that he's not Hmm. been, been out there. I mean... I don't know, man. At this point, like, I think anything you get from him is, is a bonus. Like, who even knows what he's going to do this year? But, uh, yeah, I think Rager and Deshaun, although obviously undersized, it's definitely a very different dynamic than what the Eagles were putting out there late in the year when it was, you know, Rob Davis. And although those guys, I think, like, played well, and I do like the young guys around Carson, there's just going to be a lot more speed at receiver if Deshaun and Rager are able to be on the field uh, throughout the year. Well, that's what we wanted. That's literally what we said. Right. We said, get a speed at receiver. You, I recall you even saying, hey, whichever guys run the fastest, yeah, that's the guy. Up. Yeah. yeah. So you know what? They did that. And we'll, well see if it's going to work. Yeah. Mouth. Yeah. Right. I think philosophically, it's going to be interesting, especially because we know the middle of the field is going to work. We know that Ertz and Goddard are effective. We know that Miles Sanders is going to be a weapon out of the backfield. Boston Scott, a weapon out of the backfield in the passing game. I think that if you have guys who can stretch the field, I mean, it does make, especially with Ward being such a good route runner underneath, and we feel confident in his ability to you know, get you five yards when you need it, get you seven yards when you need it. I think it's a really interesting group of guys. Like, again, Rager needs to prove himself in real games that matter. Deshaun needs to stay on the freaking field. But ultimately, I think philosophically, I think it's interesting. I think it could work. Like, it could be a really fun type of offense if it, gets rolling the way they they want it to. So I'm bullish on that. One thing I'm less bullish on um, are some of the injuries coming out of training camp. Um, What have you thought uh, so far? And and is there anything else real quick? We're going to anything else that stood out to you uh, over the last couple of days? Not really. Honestly, I mean, look like the second day was a little slower and the third day they just didn't do much. So yeah, no, I mean, not really. Let's Wish I had more to then. tell you, buddy. But. Well, that's fine. That's yeah. good because I want to get into these injuries because I, I I feel a lot of consternation from Eagles right. fans. Big I feel word. a lot. Yeah, you know. No, I got to throw them in sometimes. Uh, I feel a lot of agita. People are concerned. Um, I think the biggest ones, which we kind of talked about on day one, Derek Barnett week to week, Javon Hargrave multiple weeks yes. with the pectoral strain. And then today we find out Miles Sanders with a lower body injury week to week now. Um, a lot of people have come out and said that he's on track for week one still, abundance of caution. We'll get into some of the other stuff. Jason Peters, I want to talk about that and and a few others. But let's start with these three multiple week injuries, these big ones. Yeah. Um, how serious do you think they are? Let's go one by one. Why don't we start with the Miles Sanders one? Because I think that's the one that, you know, kind of caught everyone off guard today. Um, what is the deal with the Miles Sanders injury and and should we be concerned about it? So I don't think you should be concerned that he'll he'll miss week one. 
I do believe he will play in week one. I think the concern with Miles Sanders is, and the team, you know, it seems like uh, the team is saying that it's just kind of rest, right? They're just, they're just resting. precautionary type of thing. Right. But from what I know, he tweaked something like, so he tweaked a lower body thing. Um, what, what the concern for me is the dreaded tweak. Yes. And like this, this part is just kind of tea leaf, tea leaf reading. But if you remember about a week and a half ago, he had that tweet where he said, can't catch a break. And then he, and then all the Eagles fans flipped out. And he's like, I'm yes. fine. Right. Yes. Yes. I don't know. It feels to me like these two think are maybe connected. something I, I then think had some type of very minor injury then was a little upset about it, tweeted it. And then he did look really good in camp. Like I said, he looked great. Like I would not practice him anyway. So I do think there's value in resting the guy, but it's a little concerning that it's a tweak of a lower body injury, especially remember last year at the end of the year, uh, he had the hamstring injury that almost cost him playing against Seattle. So for a guy that's going to get, you know, 300 touches, 280 touches this year, obviously a lower body thing, like a lower body muscle injury is not a great thing to be dealing with. Cause as we know, those can pop back up. Those can reoccur fairly easily. So in that way, it's a concern. And as much as I said, I wouldn't rest him. I mean, sorry, I said that I would rest him cause he's good to go. And I believe that he still is only, only a second year player. Like it's one thing for me to tweet it. It's the other thing for the Eagles to, to, to essentially do it. And if he's going to not practice again until the week before Washington, I just don't think that's a, great thing i mean he's a second year player he has to learn to play behind the offensive behind this offensive line getting more reps with carson is important so i think it's a combination of rest and injury but overall i i don't think it's a great thing that he's going to miss all this time and that's how i feel about all the guys i don't think it's good barnett's out there not out there i don't think it's good that hargrave is not out there like we can gloss it over all we want but it's not good that their key players are not practicing especially when they didn't have all off season to begin with yeah yeah, I'm not too worried. Uh, uh, look, yeah. here's the thing. I, in a perfect world, you want everyone practicing. Don't get me wrong. Obviously, I understand the concept that practice is better than no practice. But particularly starting with Miles Sanders, I don't think he needs practice. I, get in mind that offensive line. Like running back, you see the hole, you hit the hole. Miles Sanders is a bright kid. He's been in the offense for a year. I think he knows where he's supposed to be and what he's supposed to do. I am... A hundred percent fine if he rests the entire time till the season starts. As long as he's ready to go, I think he's going to be awesome. Again, in a perfect world, if he didn't have a, any sort of tweak or whatever, yes, like you want guys in there, you want guys feeling comfortable together and all that. But I think of all the ones we're talking about, of all the positions we're talking about, I think it's by far the least important that Miles Sanders is out there on the field. Now I know he's a big part of the offense. I know that matters, but. Again, I don't think running backs need that kind of time in the same way you know, you want your offensive line to work together or whatever. And even then, I'm going to tell you, I think that's a little overrated too. I want to get to Jason Peters in a minute. But I, I, I don't I know. Think already we definitely disagree on this. I'm one. just not that concerned about it. Like, I, look, I, this, I think that – and honestly, I think what we saw – look, Joe Girardi was getting killed to flip it to baseball just as a comparison for a COVID season, a season where these guys are going to have a different amount of work, different amount of preparation to get ready for the season and stuff. Joe Girardi has been really careful with his pitchers, and I think right now we're seeing it's a benefit. A lot of teams have had all kinds of injuries in baseball, like a record amount of people getting hurt – because of the ramp, the ramp up, the ramp down, then the ramp back up, and not having as much time as normal, I think it's smart to be cautious with players right now. If I were the Eagles, I would be cautious with guys too. Now, I understand that once the season starts, it could you know you worry that these guys you're going to have to ease them in a little more than you want. But I'm thinking about the long haul more than week one. I'm cool with these guys playing themselves into being ready at a slower rate personally. So where I disagree with you. I would say is like we've seen the last two Eagle seasons. We've seen the result of defensive linemen missing time. Like during the off season, Brandon Graham basically didn't have an off season prior to the 2018 season. He had a disastrous year prior to the 2019 season. Fletcher Cox didn't have uh, Fletcher Cox didn't have much of an off season. He didn't have a great year. So we've seen players where you don't get the offseason, especially larger body guys, like guys that need this work to get ready for the season. When they don't get it, it absolutely matters. And that's my concern. Like you need Derek Barnett to have a really good year unless you get Yannick Ngakwe. But you need Derek Barnett to have a really good year. You need Javon, Har uh, Javon Hargrave to have a really good year. These guys are not going to get any work. And to your point about resting up for week one and the longer view, 
I get that. But then like, why is Carson taking reps? Like he's the most important player. So like, well, he's not going to get hit. They're, they're softer reps. It's not fair, like I mean, he you don't know what could happen. Someone could fall into my, my point. Sure. is like, Either practice matters or it doesn't. And if it matters, then this idea, and again, like they're still working hard down there and everything, but like if practice matters, then if you can practice, you should be able to practice. And so if they're really being just extra precautionary with these guys, and I trust Doug's ability to get guys ready. He's shown he has a good read on the locker room, all those things. But at the end of the day, like practice either matters or it doesn't. And I think it does matter. So I would be concerned about this team coming slow out of the gate. If a lot of these guys, I mean, the offensive line for the first time today and didn't have pads on or were really doing fast reps lined up one through five, what they're going to be in week one. Like Jason Peters, it, it does bother me somewhat that they're acting like it's just going to be no big deal for him. And I know on this very pod, I've said, I like the move. I think he'll be able to do it. But that was with me thinking he was going to be practicing the position. Like I haven't seen him in pads do it once. And I'll tell you as much as I love JP, like all that, he looks old at practice. Like today they did a five, uh, they did an 11 on 11 drill and they're not even moving that fast, but he goes from the right side to the left after the snap, like, you know, doing kind of like a fake block thing because they're not really pushing each other. Grabs his calf, like rubbing it, walking gingerly, comes back. He he continued to practice. But then later on, the whole first team offensive line was on the sideline and they get called to come in. All the other offensive linemen are jogging. Like they're not really fast for offensive line, obviously, because they're they're huge men and they're just kind of jogging. He's like walking slow, like literally slow walking from the sideline to the huddle. The rest of them are jogging. He just looks old out there. And I get that he knows how to get his body ready for the season, but he needs to practice this position. I just, I believe he needs to practice it. So when I just, the totality of all the players that are missing snaps, like Deshaun has not really taken a ton of reps so far in the first three days. Uh, Derek Barnett, Hargrave, Jason Peters, JJ Arcega-Whiteside. Like now Miles Sanders probably isn't going to practice the rest of camp. It's just those are key guys that are not getting the work in, especially when they haven't been able to get their normal offseason of work in in general. It just I do believe it is worrisome. Look, I think it is a case by case thing. I think for a guy like Derek Barnett, who has a lot to prove in the NFL and has had all kinds of injury issues. I think, yeah, that worries me that he's not out there. He's not practicing. He's not getting ready for the season. But someone like Javon Hargrave, where I know it's a new scheme, but someone who has proven at the NFL level to be a beast of a player. Uh, if they want to take it precautionary with Javon Hargrave, so he's ready to start the season, I'm fine with that. Now, the Jason Peters thing and the offensive line thing is, I think, a, a fascinating one because I have a different look on it. We're going to get to that in a sec, but Elliot, I mean, we have a day today where we're recording this at in the afternoon where the Phillies are playing right now. Yes. The, we have hockey tonight the chance to close out. We've got basketball and we are so excited about the Philadelphia sports playoffs. We have all the home teams playing and like you, we love all the home teams. After all, it's all about the home team, right? That's why we go to the home team that have the home field advantage when it comes to our sports betting app of choice. Our team at park Sportsbook casino are right here in the Delaware Valley, right in Bucks County and Elliott. Um, we've had a lot of fun messing around with this app because it is so intuitive so fun to use i know that tonight if you're uh one of the the people who listens to this podcast right away you get an opportunity here to to have some action tonight as uh philadelphia playing against boston a four and a half point underdog against boston that's plus 145 so you win say 29 bucks if you bet 20 on it i mean that's a a good bet if you think philadelphia is gonna win i Uh, however, personally, would lay the four and a half points. I think Boston is just better. I disagree. Oh, I, okay. I, I so think, I think Philadelphia wins game two. Oh, look at this. All right. So if you think and, that, and I'll you... say this a few weeks ago, I told you guys Blazers plus 5,000. You did. They're up 1 0 on, on uh, Los Angeles, and now they're down to plus 1,200. So, so if you'd. If you had bet it when Elliot told you, you would have gained you're, you're, a you're lot of odds there. You're going to be in yeah. great shape. Yeah. So, again, there's real opportunity here. Uh, the game tonight against uh, Los Angeles and Dallas. Los Angeles, a minus six favorite in that game. I kind of like Dallas to keep that one close. I think Luca has another big game tonight. So, uh, that's the fun stuff. And there's all kinds of future bets and all kinds of stuff. So, uh, again, your action uh, on the 
Parks Sportsbook Casino app, it means your action and your money are safe and secure on their easy-to-use Parks Casino sports betting app, the only sportsbook app backed by the number one casino in the whole state of Pennsylvania. The Parks Casino Sportsbook app, bet with the best. Sign up now. Here's the deal. Get a risk-free bet of up to $500. Just download the app or go to parkscasino.com slash PA. That's P-A-R-X casino.com slash PA. And use the code GOBIRDS, yes, G-O-B-I-R-D-S, to get your risk-free bet of up to $500. The website has all the details. Your risk-free bet is refunded on a free bet. Uh, your risk-free bet is refunded on your loss as a free bet. You must be 21 and present in Pennsylvania. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Elliot, I am not as concerned about Jason Peters as you are. Look. The reason he looks old is because he is old. Okay. Uh, it is what it is. Not, not concerned though. I, I no. Look, I'm concerned about the fact that Jason Peters is an old man. I, I get that. That's what it is. But in the context of Jason Peters being who he is, I'm not concerned about his ability to to play guard. Like again, I honestly think that he is so talented as an offensive lineman has played the position for so long is so smart about leverage and all that type of stuff and understands scheme so well that I think that philosophically he already knows how to play guard. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think it's a huge leap for him to be able to understand the position. Now, yes, I do agree. And I've always said that more than any other unit in the sport, offensive line cohesion is the most important thing. I get that. But at the same time, look, he is maybe not right next to them, but he's played with Jason Kelsey for a really long time. He's played with Lane Johnson for a really long time. He knows these guys. I think there's going to be chemistry there. I think it'll be easy for three potential three hall of fame type players to it's certainly all fame type players, whether they all get in or not, it remains to be seen down the road, but three hall of fame players to figure out the cohesive stuff to be able to work together. So yeah, I'm worried about Jason Peters as an old man, but in terms of of learning the position, getting reps at the position, I'm not as worried about it. And and I see that point, and that's kind of where we were both at when they made the move. But like, and maybe I'm just sounding the alarm too much. It's still early. There's like, a, yeah, it's three days too to right. a wide yeah. ranging like, caveat to this whole discussion. In a week, a lot of the guys we're talking about could be out there dominating practice, and it right, doesn't matter. Uh, right. But I just don't love the fact he's really. It doesn't seem like. And I hope he never hears this because <laughs> there is, I think of all, if we, at first of all, I don't think any Eagles listen to us, but if they do, Jason Peters would literally be 53 out of 53 yeah. in my guess of who was actually listening. There is a 0%, less than 0% chance. I just feel like I've been to three Eagles practices and it does not look like he's really working hard at any of them. Oh and that, no. And because he's a veteran, he's older. I get that. Like he's earned that. I understand it. But when your season hasn't even started and people are already questioning the Jason Peters effort, hasn't he ever, hasn't he earned it, Elliot? He has he's, earned it. Like for sure. That. That. He should be able to chill out of practice. What does he got to do? Come on. He's got to learn a new position. Yeah. He's got to learn a new position. Yeah. Like that's my concern. And, and I'd also say like, you're, you're right. Like they'll, I do believe they'll figure it out, but like, if you don't figure it, if you figure it up a week four or five, like week one, Washington is not a great team, but they do have a good defensive line. Like they have a lot of first round picks on there. Um, week two, by the way, is Aaron Donald. He's going to be interior, right? Is he now. good? I don't know. Yeah, he's is. pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so like there are concerns here, I think. And then week three up top of my head, I can't remember who it is, but like they have some good defensive line defensive uh, lines coming up. So yeah, I know you're not sounding the alarm. I am. If they get Yannick, I'll feel a lot different about the team in general, but like JP just, it's a, it's a concern. I, and again, I do. I think that the narratives coming out now, it's early for us to jump to judgments. Like it's early for us to say that on day three, Jason Peters looking, you know, uncomfortable or old or whatever. It's too early to judge those things. I, I firmly believe that. I think the injuries where we're talking about guys who probably won't practice is a different story. You know, the idea again, and I think running back, as I said, is the least important position for this. But look, I, I do agree with your general concept that in an offseason where there's no preseason games, where it's a shorter offseason than normal, it's a weirder offseason, that practice will matter. I, I don't want to make it seem like I don't think practice matters, especially this year of all years. I think it does. But I also think that there are, guys and a lot of these guys are veterans a lot of these guys have been here or even guys who at least were here last year i think that there is something to already having that knowledge knowing you know kind of where you need to be and what you need to do 
that it makes me less worried in certain cases, if that makes sense. That's yeah. I mean, I see that point. And look, this is like you said, you know, it, by the next pod we record, it could be like, oh, JP has taken two days of reps and he looks great. So <laughs> that could definitely be it. I mean, but well, I haven't been wrong as much lately. So we well, need I'm to... very rarely wrong. That's you know, a <laughs> lie Twitter tells you. I was wrong about Pax and Lynch five years ago. I mean, you were definitely wrong about thinking you could lock into a home run at any point ever, wow. but that's a whole different story. I love how you've kind of created a new lingo. Baseball I Twitter, I like I see all these people tweeting, wow, just locked into one there or whatever. It's like it's just proving my point. A right? true trailblazer. <laughs> Elliot Chirpmark, you can just luck into things. No, no, they're joking, but I love it. Yeah, it's all good. But another thing I wasn't wrong about, Jalen Hurts is going to be the number two quarterback. Ah, okay. So let's get to that because we're good on the injuries. Let's hope for the best, prepare for the worst, being an Eagles fan. But (laughs) welcome welcome to the Eagles. (laughs) Nothing new here. Again, you know, we know. But um, Jalen Hurts, I so I'm scrolling through my Twitter this morning and I see, oh, Sports Radio WIP, what's this about? And it's an article that says, like, I can't remember the exact title, but it was essentially like Jalen Hurts blowing everyone away at Eagles camp. Everyone loves Jalen Hurts, huh? Yeah, so the headline is Eagles blown away by Jalen Hurts. That's pretty the, close, pretty in close. The tweet, which is a quote uh, from the article, everybody on the team has fallen in love with him. So <laughs> this is a... As you would imagine, Twitter handled this very well, right? Not, not, oh, not, uh, I'm sure. I'm so, sure. Yeah. Um, it, Daniel Jeremiah was on the NFL Network talking about they were, I think they were live streaming Eagles camps. They're just kind of talking about the roster, and he said some really nice things about Carson. He said Carson's an MVP candidate. He thinks he had him as his third guy, right? I mean, like yeah, Daniel Jeremiah is not slandering Carson Wentz, right? Which is insane. So th- this is not like a this is not an anti Wentz opinion by Daniel Jeremiah. In fact. It, it's one he got from people in the building. So he basically says uh, that they've been really impressed with how Jalen Hurts says how smart he is, how dynamic he is, um, and that everybody in the building loves him and just that they they love Jalen Hurts. Now, there's two ways to look at this. There's like the way where people are going to think we're trolling Carson, and then there's like the how this impacts Eagles this year. I think Jalen Hurts is going to be the backup quarterback this year, flat out. Like he's better than Nate Sudfeld. That much is clear after I, I mean I said this on the pod after the first day. And after the second day of practice, I feel that way. The same I feel the same way. Second day of practice, he had three straight reps in the red zone where he ran it in for a touchdown. Uh he he's now scored, I think, five red zone or five or six red zone touchdowns and like eight snaps down there. So he's been really good in the red zone. Uh, I think they'll potentially find a way to use him. I don't think it's gonna be as much. Uh, as maybe like the general public has said, but he's just better. He's a better quarterback than Nate Sudfeld. And the other part of this is like, I get maybe he doesn't understand the offense as inter- as well as Nate Sudfeld since Nate Sudfeld's known it for three years. But if he's a better player, that doesn't matter. And if the Eagles are playing a game and Carson, God forbid, were to go down and he's out for the rest of the game with a, a concussion or a um, sprained ankle or whatever. Like, I think Jalen's a nice change of pace. I mean, I think of, you know, how... If you're an offense, if you're a defense that is kind of studied for one thing all week, and then all of a sudden you have Jalen Hurts in there, who's a different player than Carson, he's much more dynamic. Uh, then I think that impacts things. So Jalen Hurts is going to be the guy. Now, do you, do you want to comment on that before we get to the trolling Carson part, where everyone gets mad at me? Well, <laughs> I, I can we not get to that part? Um, I will say that. Look, I, I would prefer Jalen Hurts as the number two quarterback. That is a win for everyone. He should be, he was drafted in the second round. You know, he should win that job. I will just place the same caveat. And again, also anything coming out of the Eagles organization for a guy like Hurts, who theoretically, according to them, like their plan is to trade someday, right? Like their plan is to turn into a star that you can trade for assets. That was the quote unquote point. And who knows what the real point was, but that was the point of trading for Jalen Hurts. So of course you're going to say things like that about him. Of course you're going to put that out in the world. Of course you're going to tell everyone we freaking love this guy. He's right. great. Especially if he's not going to play that much during the season, you want to get as much buzz out there about him as possible. But again, we're also talking about this is through two days that this, after this came out, you know, so a lot well, of caveats yeah. here for me. I, I look, I want him to be the backup. So hopefully, uh, you know, he, takes the job and runs with it literally and figuratively. And I mean, all I know is a year from now when when there's like talks of like, maybe they'll trade Carson. And like, this is, this is the type, this is the type of stuff you hear. And I, I agree that it, 
it benefits the Eagles for everybody to think that they super love Jalen Hurts. Of that, course. Right? So, and Daniel Jeremiah used to work for the Eagles. Like, I believe Daniel Jeremiah is 100% hearing this from people in the building. So, for sure. But, like, at the same time, this is the larger scale problem with Jalen Hurts is that if they do fall in love with him and they're like, he's just as good as Carson or, like, he's essentially the same, then that's that's why like taking him, everybody was like, oh well, you know what's this mean about Carson and all that? Because when you take someone in the second round, he's supposed to be really good. He's supposed to do all these things. And I, so I'm driving back from practice today, thinking about obviously it's just all I think about. And I'm driving back thinking about it. If they trade Jalen Hurts for a first round pick next year, would would you say then that picking him was a good a good thing? Yeah. So. I think that if they do that, everybody would say, oh, how he wins, like how he told you guys. I'm not so sure. Like, yeah, you moved up. Like, let's say you moved up 30 spots. Like, it's a big deal. I get all that, right? But, like, you still have to draft the right guy. You still have to develop him. I mean, so I – Right. No, but again, if you're telling me that it already happened, they did it. Oh, you're talking about drafting in the first round. You still have to – yeah, that – well, right. yeah. But what else are you supposed to do? That's fine. Well, I'm just saying, like, the, the objective of draft picks is not to, like – you know, keep, keep to just like trade them every year until you eventually get all of the way. Of course like, not. I think, look, I think in their head, in their mind that they, they think they're going to get two ones for Janner. It's like, I think they're in their mind. Oh, they can get a Godfather offer for a guy like Hertz. I think there's a better chance. They trade Carson for a trade that involves a first round pick. than they trade Jalen hurt. Then they trade Jalen hurts for a trade that involves a first round pick. <laughs> what? Wow. Oh, I don't. Well, who do you think will get more on the on the open market? Carson? I agree, it's Wentz, but again, I think that the whole point of the Hertz thing was to trade him ultimately. But if personally. they love him already, and I'm not pushing the narrative again, I uh, like my. So we have different ways of reading that. My very first thought when I saw that headline was, "Oh, the Eagles are hyping him up so to add to his trade value down the road." That's it. Especially if there's not going to be a college football season, and they think that there's going to be more emphasis placed on having a quarterback who's already up and all that type of stuff. Right. Like I think that they're doing everything they can to get the narrative out there that they freaking love this guy and he's awesome and other teams should want him. Well, so, yeah, that was my total read on it to get back to whether he'd be the number two quarterback or not. The best way to create value for him is for him to play and play really well. So well, that's the, that's the other part of it of like, what does Nate Sudfeld do for you? Like if Nate comes in, like, I guess maybe if he plays well and he wins a game for you, that's obviously a good thing. But like, Jalen Hurts winning that game means so much for the organization, so much more for the organization in the long run. So it's unbelievable they took Jalen Hurts. It's, it really it's, is. Like again, this is what you <laughs> want. Like when fucking you fucking crazy. Them, like I mean, look, and again, it's just Twitter. It's just like you know how people react to things. But so it, he, all right. If if there was an article that came out and it said Eagles are in love with Jalen Jalen Rager, right? It would it would do well. Like people would be like, oh, this is really exciting. So Eagles in love with Jalen Hurts, 86 comments, 161 retweets, 707 likes. Like, like this is, this is the issue with the high profile backup is like, yeah, it's great that the Eagles love Jalen Hurts. He plays for their team. Like when I tweet nice things about Jalen Hurts, like that's a positive. He plays for the Eagles, but deep down, everyone takes it as a shot at Carson. And like, that's why the, that's why the dynamic is just different. It just is. Yeah. And that's why I hated the pick when it happened. One of the many reasons, the biggest reason being that I thought they could get someone who would help them now. And I just didn't trust the ability that they would be able to get a lot for Hertz someday in a trade. But yeah. another big reason was why create this situation? You just got rid of it. Wentz right. finally took the team back, quote unquote. And then you bring in Jalen Hurts and everyone's like, oh, Jalen Hurts, I love this guy. It's crazy. I, I'm so with you, Elliot. I think they've created a situation where they, they've put themselves in a in a box in a way. And I'm with you. Uh, so I, look. I, I, well, at least we know they love him, right? That's the good thing. <laughs> and at least I mean, imagine, knows, right? you know, like, look. I get Carson's very secure in where he's at. And who knows? Maybe Carson won't even see this. But just be imagine be, see, being Carson and seeing like this headline floating around on Twitter. Like that, it must not be fun to read. And I get people. I'm are sure like, oh, it's not. Well, great. Why are you writing it? Well, like, look, like, it's newsworthy. It, it just is. So it's absolutely it, newsworthy. You can't right. put stuff out based on how it will affect the quarterback. That's crazy. <laughs> right. No, 100 agree. Carson's feelings. That's crazy. Right. I, it just. It's like you said. It's like. It's like the Nick Foles thing. It is. It so is. it's just it's like a, a, a lighter version of the Nick Foles thing. All I know is this year, if Jalen Hurts goes into a game, like where not like for a trick play, like if he goes in where like he's going to, we know he's going to be playing for a while. It is going to be 
electric. Like it'll like <laughs> just like like I get no fans will be there and like all that, but like it is gonna be high level drama if he goes into a game. Oh my god. I yeah. 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 So welcome yeah. to the Eagles. I know that's what you want to be talking about. Yannick yeah. to the Cowboys and uh Jalen Hurts potentially taking uh, over for Carson. God. All right. Let's let's talk about something else. <laughs> <laughs> How about we do a quick Joe Judge update? Oh Joe Judge God. today, Elliot sends me this tweet from our, our good buddy Matt Lombardo. Lombardo tweets, Daniel Jones and Spencer Pulley sent running a lap for a false start. Joe Judge playing no favorites. Uh, <laughs> Joe Judge might not last past this season. I originally said two years. I'm starting to think it might be a one and done. I know that's not a Giants thing, but oh my God, is this guy this is never going to work. Like this is never going to work with NFL players. Like never. No. It, first of a all, mutiny. you know, the locker room already hates him already. Like and these like, guys hate him. I'd also say, so lots of levels to this. The first is like Daniel Jones is trying to win over the team. He's been trying to become the franchise quarterback. He's taking over Eli Manning and you have him running laps around the, know, the entire team. Can you imagine if Doug told Carson to run a lap? Like it would be, the story of the like century, like, you know, like he like tells Carson to run and Jalen Hurts steps in, like people would be losing their mind. So like, it's just embarrassing. I would say for Joe judge, I'll also say having lived through the chip Kelly thing and being up close. And it's personal, what it feels like, man. Yeah. And look, I was wrong about parts of the chip thing. Right. But like what we've learned from chip to Doug is like, it really matters if your players like you, it just really, really it does. does. It just and does. It just does. Like, you know, I, there was a moment in practice uh, on Tuesday I don't know what happened with Jalen Rager. I, I don't even think he ran a, a wrong route. I think Doug was just taking a moment to talk to him. But Doug's walking with Jalen Rager, his uh, his hands around his shoulder. They're, like, talking close. He's explaining something to him. And you see it, and you're like, look, like, I bet Jalen Rager is saying, like, you know what, like, man, like, this is my coach. And, like, if you're playing for the Giants, you're like, yeah, this is my coach, the one that made me run a, a lap and then <laughs> run into somebody high speed from five yards out. Like, it's Yeah, ridiculous. so that drill real quick. We didn't talk about that the other day, but that came out, too, that – um, I think it was Corey Ballantyne or whatever was like on the field motionless. They were doing a drill. I can't remember which. So here's how he, the drill worked. Yeah. Was it Dennis Dugan who said it was the the most it Duggan, was the, Duggan. Duggan said the most intense drill he's ever seen covering yeah. football or something like that? Well, it sounds insane. Like, so basically they had one person lined up at the goal line, the other person lined up at the five yard line. One was offense, one was defense, and they basically just ran into each other. Like that, <laughs> so it's that basically that's basically an Oklahoma drill. He's basically doing Oklahoma drill. Yeah, like, which like, crazy. Guys that haven't hit all offseason, guys that <laughs> it's are insane. Guys were like their career and income is like on the line every time they they put on pads and step on the field. Like, there's no way the Giants don't already hate Joe Judge. And let's not like look, all this aside, like this is all dumb whatever, blah, blah, blah. Chip really worked for a year because he was a great offensive mind. Yes. Does anybody even think Joe Judge is a good coach? Like, like <laughs> no, no one knows. No one ever heard of him before. So, I, well, you're right. But, like, I'm confident he's not. I will. I am too. Like, when the, when the Giants hired Pat Shermer, I was like, this is going to be a disaster. And I was dead right. Like, I, I didn't have that initial feeling with Joe Judge, but now I'm like, yeah. Like, what are the chances in two years we're sitting back and saying, man, Joe Judge really built a hardworking Giants program. <laughs> Zero. Zero. That's winning. Again, like, that's not going to be more it. likely. Yeah. We're saying, Oh, remember Joe judge a year ago, he got fired after one year. <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, think about this run of coaches, McAdoo, Shermer judge. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Makes you appreciate Doug. It really does. Especially because when Joe judge gets fired, Doug will still be the head coach of the Eagles. And those will be the three coaches as McAdoo was hired with Doug. Like that's I would crazy. I would bet my life, bet my life that Doug Peterson is still the head coach when Joe judge. I would too. I would too. I would put my life on the line for this. Like, and I get the expression, like you'd bet your life. It's just like, no, like I would literally I would, <laughs> like, like I am positive that Joe judge is not going to work in New York and Doug will continue to be a successful head coach in Philadelphia. And that's not like, you know, like, Oh, I cover the Eagles type. Like, that's just a fact. Like Joe judge is not going to work. And Doug has such a long leash at this point. Joe D Doug has at least two more years. I don't think Joe has two years in him. Yeah. I it's not to mention I, they like Gettleman hire him who they're. I'm so I'm, I'm so with you. Gettleman's going to be gone. I, I, I feel as incredibly confident as you do about it. And, uh, it is crazy. We lucked into Doug. we Elliot. We lucked into Doug. You can luck into a Doug. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there you go, right? I like luck into that. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, who knows? Maybe Joe Judge will let me run a drill up there. You probably there would. Get, probably would. Yeah, like, go sure. there, try to get a yard. Then you'd have to run a lap when you didn't get it. So oh, good. my God. <laughs> right, you got any final thoughts? Yeah, so about a week ago, I went into a video game store. And oh, yes. I saw <laughs> a tweet about this, and I have not let, talked about let it. Let me tell you, like, I remember, like, when I was younger, like, I would, I had, like, a Dreamcast. I had, like, a, I, I think I, I had a PlayStation 2. I don't think I ever had an Xbox. But, like, so I had, I used to, like, playing, like, all the sports games. I'd go at midnight to get Madden. I had NBA 2K with Iverson on it, and then also with T.O., like, but I went into a, a GameStop this past week, and like it's just a different world now. Like, so first of all, uh, so me and Kristen bought a Nintendo Switch to play like the old Mario games, mm-hmm. and like I was asking questions about it, and this guy must have thought I was like the dumbest person on the face. <laughs> He's like, so I guess the little remotes attached to the Nintendo Switch are called Joy Cons, and also like the game, the the game at this point is like literally the size of an SD card. And some of the games are so big, they don't even fit on SD cards. Like it's, it's just like, like, it's just so much easier. It was so much easier back in the day where I would just buy the game, put it in and it played. Now you have to (laughs) download it. Like it's, and I, this is maybe the oldest I've ever sounded. I was just about to say, and in next week's segment of old man yells at a cloud. I'm telling you, man, like you go into a GameStop and like try to figure out what's going on in there. And like, you'll be, and so this is, so like also, so I bring, so we bought Mario Kart and then like something called Super Mario U, which is essentially like just old school Mario. So I'm looking at the wall of Nintendo Switch games and I see the two that we want. So I grab them and I bring them up and he's like, he's like, oh, you don't have to bring them up. Like those are just display boxes. And I'm like, so how do I know if you have it? And he's like, I'll, I'll go look in the back. I'm like, so what the what the hell is the point of the box? What, what am I even doing here? Yeah, like, and I don't know. So the whole thing was just ridiculous. But I will say it is fun. Like, it is fun doing the old school Mario and like Mario Kart and all that. So Oh, it sounds awesome. That that actually I'm very confident I can smoke anybody listening to this pod in Mario Kart. Like I'm wow. I'm nice on Mario. Like, I got nice con or whatever they call it. Now. I am not, but Emily is very good at Mario Kart, so I'm sure she can well, take you down. I can see that. Well, who knows? she's well, very good we'll, at we'll it. Figure that out. I mean, we'll videotape me versus Emily. She's very good at it. Yes, I mean I'm and, very good as well. Okay, all right. Yeah. As good as you are at locking into a home run, or less yeah. good. Uh, I would say I'm better at Mario Kart than I'm lucky into home run. Good. But I would hope know, so. one day if I ever get a pro at bat, you know, we'll see. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. We'll be back uh, later in the week. We'll continue our NFL preview. Uh, radio uh, WIP Saturday 1 to 3. Uh, we will be there. Call us. We enjoy And rate and review the podcast. It helps people find us. Yes, uh, for sure. Five stars. We'll read a few on the pod. We'll do that on the the next week. Whatever reviews come in between now and next week, we will pick the best one to read or one at random. But uh, definitely get well, your reviews. All in. of them. No, oh, you know what? <laughs> Screw it. We, yeah. We'll, if we'll you want to leave a review with a question and five stars, we will read it on the pod. Boom. All right. Elliot has made the commitment. He will yeah, read it. There we go. I, I will react. I don't even know where to find them. But do it for Elliot. Yeah, I'll find them. Do, do, do it for Elliot. Do it for me. And uh, we'll talk to you guys later this week. For Elliot, I'm James. This has been another edition of Go Birds Podcast presented by Parks Sportsbook and Casino. We'll talk to you guys later.